Welcome back to Idiots One Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Bailey. And today is July 22nd, 2023. Which means it's one day until Bailey's birthday. Don't say that. Don't tell people. Don't tell people. I mean, you can. I don't care. I'm not going to cut it out. You can cut it out. It's okay. I'll keep your secret safe with me. <laughs> I know you'll do the same thing when we record my birthday episode, I guess. Yeah, probably. So these these will be your birthday episodes. I mean, I guess. If you want to wish Bailey a happy birthday, send us a DM. Or an email. Yeah. Email, because those go to him, and it would mean a lot to him. It, I mean, if you want to. I would rather you just leave us a positive review. Leave a positive review that says, hey, you guys are awesome. Five stars. Happy birthday, Bailey. That'd be sweet. But Bailey, what's on the agenda for today? What are we talking about? So today's a fun one. We're going to be talking about music, and specifically like certain songs or albums, or artists that take us back to that special place. Like Guns N' Roses? I mean, it can be Guns N' Roses. Basically, it's we're going to be talking about certain events that have happened historically in our lives and music that coincides with them in a impactful way or whatever we hear a certain song or a certain band or whatever, we can just like close our eyes and go back to that. So what you're saying is when you hear a certain song or an album and you're back in your childhood or a memory, like it just brings you back to that memory and you can play it like a movie? Yeah, exactly, because of how how much the song meant to you or how much it impacted you or how awe-inspiring it was, depending on, you know, the situation. So you want to do a personal episode. This is going to be a personal-ass episode. Perfect. Let's get right into it. I'll let you start, because this was technically your idea, I believe, when we were discussing these, so I want you to do the honors. Oh, shit. So it's me starting? Yeah, you tell me. So you will, we'll start this. Give me a song, album, artist that takes you back. Okay, so um, are you familiar with Eminem? The white rapper? Yes, very much familiar with Eminem. Okay, so you know the song My Name Is. What? Yes. That's that's the song. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with that one. One of his more popular ones. Yeah, and I don't remember what album it initially came out on, but I know that it was on the Curtain Call um, like remaster collection. Pretty confident it was on Slim Shady. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, that sounds right, but... So I was at a baseball game, and I was probably between seven and nine years old. And one of my buddies uh, came over. His name was Max. He was like two grades above me. And he had a CD player, like a Walkman-style thing. Do you remember those back when they existed? I mean, I don't remember Walkmans, but I remember CD players. I mean, it was like a CD player, but it also had a radio and everything, and it was portable. Yeah, the portable CD players. Yeah, so he rolled over with this, and he was like, hey. He's like, do you want to hear this new song? And it was the first time I had ever heard the like unrated version of it, the not-censored version. And I didn't realize prior to that point that there was like a difference between radio edits and not radio edits so it was impactful because not only do i love that song and was that the when i started to like eminem a lot but that's also when i developed this like understanding of censorship and art which isn't what the episode's about that will be a discussion for another time that could be a future topic yeah exactly but that was the first time i discovered it and 
that theme has been popular with me in seventh grade, which was a number of years after this, probably a five or six, we had to write an essay over something important to us. And my essay was about censorship in music. And that was the song I quoted and, you know, used as reference for a majority of the essay because of how impactful it was. So I'll, I'll piggyback off of yours because I have an Eminem story too. Okay. So this kind of piggybacks off of it because the Curtain Call, the hits, right, was the first Eminem album that I ever really listened to. And the whole reason I got into Eminem was because of the movie 8 Mile. My dad had it. He really enjoyed it. And I remember watching it, listening to the song at the end and being like, oh, man, that's really good. Mom's Spaghetti, I love that. And so I remember going to Walmart, and this is when I realized that Walmart doesn't actually put out non-censored albums. But I found that album, and I was so excited. I was like, okay, my mom bought it for me. And then I remember putting it in, like getting in the car, opening it up, being super excited about it, putting it in the CD player in the car, hitting play on it, and realizing that it was edited and being super upset. How old were you? Uh, for this one, I was in like seventh, seventh, eighth grade. I think, yeah, seventh or eighth grade. I think that's when it, cause I remember ninth grade was when I really, really started to get into rap in general, but I discovered other artists like, you know, NWA and Wu-Tang Clan, which I, I really like Wu-Tang Clan. I like Wu-Tang Clan. They ain't nothing to fuck with. So glad you did that. <laughs> cause you know, cash rules everything around me. Basically. But that I remember, I remember that. So to kind of piggyback off your censorship thing, to realize that there are difference because all of those were just the radio edits of them. And yes, I remember hearing the actual album uh, probably a year later or so, and it being completely different with like the things that he was talking about. I'm like, oh, that's what he was saying in that. Okay, exactly. Because instead of a, uh, I drink a fifth of vodka, dare me to drive. It's a drink a fifth of Kool Aid. Do you dare me to drive? Yeah, and I always thought that was super weird. I was like, why Why is he saying that? It's just a fifth of Kool-Aid. Like, I don't even know what a fifth is, but it doesn't sound that bad. It's just Kool-Aid. Uh, exactly. Um, in that song, he talks about sticking his, dip in, his dick in someone's tip cup. Uh, and I used to say that, like, at home just randomly because, like, that line was stuck in my head, and I thought it was... I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting, but I didn't know what it meant. Like, I didn't process like what exactly it was talking about and my mom would freak out because i would say it. i would just be like play a video games talking to myself and i'd be like yeah i suck my dick in your tip cup when i beat someone on like street v3 the basketball like street game oh shit we're going way back and my mom would come in and be like what did you fucking say you're like nothing i was like oh i was just singing the song in my head <laughs> well what's uh what's another one besides eminem okay um so this is a lot later. So when I was in the army, I oh, got did a time jump. Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of these. <laughs> but when I was in the army, I got really into uh, Slipknot. Okay. And Wait and Bleed was like my Slipknot song. So From their I, first album, I think so. So I went and bought this really expensive watch. It was like three hundred dollars because I was like balling. I wanted to look fancy. And I was so proud of it that I wore it all the time. 
And one day I was getting ready for work and I had just put on my watch and I was hanging out in the bathroom, listening to music and wait and bleed comes on. So I start moshing by myself in my bathroom and I accidentally slam my fucking wrist or arm into the wall and shattered this $300 watch. And I'd only had it for like two weeks and I didn't get insurance because I was like, I'm really careful with my shit. I'm not going to break it. I don't don't need need that. that. Exactly. I've been there. I understand that. But even to this day, like if I'm driving and wait and bleed comes on, I have to skip it because I know I'm about to get like super aggressive and like into it. And I don't want to accidentally run over a pedestrian. So you still get into it with that song. Oh, yeah. So one of the ones that I so this was later in life, too. And this might technically be cheating. But do you remember the the video game Guitar Hero? Oh, yeah. Okay, so they made Clone Hero, which was the PC version of it where anybody could upload songs and convert it over into a Guitar Hero format. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not familiar, but I understand the concept. It sounds pretty badass. Okay, so I was in college, and my buddy had it. And we would just sit there. He bought a uh, controller, I think, for Xbox is what it was, and we would just sit there and play it. And to this day... This will always be a memory because he was like, oh, hey, do you know Owl City Fireflies? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, cool. Play the song. And I was really apprehensive about it, but it starts out and I'm like, I don't think this is going to be hard to play. Failed the song because I was laughing so hard because all it was was this dude just getting on there and screaming the lyrics to fireflies and it took me so off guard. I remember dropping the controller like it doesn't do the rating thing or whatever, so you can skip it. But he had to pause it because I was laughing so hard and could barely get through the song because it was just this random kid in a basement screaming. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, so to this day when that song comes on, I can't, I will never think of that song originally. I always scream it the same way that kid did. I love it. So people really don't like listening to that song with me. And you said it was Firefly by Owl City? Yeah, Fireflies or whatever. I haven't heard that song in years. I haven't either, but to this day, if you play it, I will scream every lyric to it. Like at the top of my lungs to where I almost go hoarse because that's what that kid was doing. And it's so funny because you can hear his buddy laughing in the background as he's recording it. (laughs) That's great. Well, that was a a good college memory. So, uh, you know my sister, right? Yes. So, to anyone who doesn't know, I have a sister. And she's like two years younger than me, a year and a half or so younger than me. And when I was probably like 11 or 12 and she was like 10, she got a radio for her room, like a big radio with a nice speaker system. And it had like a CD port and everything. And she got a CD that had the Katy Perry song, I Kissed a Girl. I kissed a girl and I liked it. Oh, yeah, that you know it. That's the one. The chase of her cherry chapstick or something. Taste of her cherry chapstick. My sister loved that song. Everybody does. I, I don't. I think it's very annoying. But once mom, she got that CD, she would put it into the disc drive and play it so loud on repeat. And I had to walk her home every day after school because our parents weren't there until like five or six. So it was two and a half hours of us home alone most days after school. And she would play that song on repeat as loud as her speakers would go. 
I'd be on the other side of my house losing my fucking mind. So that's a negative memory. But it's fun still. Like, it's a good, it's fun looking back on it because I'm like, oh, man, I got so angry over one annoying song. And I worked at Taco Bell where they play the same, like, six songs on repeat for a long time. So it's surprising that I got that upset about it. Because I was, I was hostile towards her. She was, like, my enemy for months because of this song. So because of that, whenever I hear the song Uprising by Muse. I fucking love that song hate that song with the burning passion because when i was younger i would always like i had to have the radio something playing had to have music of some sort which ended up becoming death metal later on but i had to have something playing so i would always put it on um the edge they would play that song two or three times every night so when i hear that song i'm like nine years old trying to sleep and then getting insanely mad because that cat had a heart attack. I know all the words to it because I've heard it so many times, but I, it invokes a rage in me because I'm trying to sleep, and that's the song that pops up. That's hilarious. I love that song, dude. Yeah. That's, the, that's the only reason. If I hadn't have listened to the radio as a kid whenever I was going to sleep, it wouldn't take me back to that special place. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Which, speaking of that one, when I hear the Guns N' Roses Greatest Hits album, specifically that one, I it, it takes me back to being with my dad in his red truck. It was a 2001 F-150, I believe. Okay. And I could be wrong on that one because, again, he had that truck for so long. It was a, it was a stick shift. I do remember that. That's where I learned how to drive stick shift. Fun fact. Also called a manual for you kids out there. Continue. Oh, yeah. I forget people don't know what that is. Yeah. It's 2023, bro. It's 2023. We have electric cars. We don't need that. Yeah. But I remember him always playing that album. So when I hear that, I'm in the car with my dad or in his truck going somewhere. I think the most vivid memory I have of it is I was, let me see, probably like 12, 13 at the time. And we're going to his job because I was spending, it was summertime and I was spending a week with him, I think. And he worked at the Capitol at this point and we were going to his job and the whole way there, Sweet Child of Mine was playing, Paradise City, Welcome to the Jungle, all the all the hits that are off there, you know, November Rain, know them all. But he played that so much. <laughs> so before I get to my next one, I got a quick one for you. Okay. So whenever I hear Welcome to the Jungle, all I can think about is being in like fifth or sixth grade living in Kansas going to band because uh, our band stuff was at Pitt State which if you guys don't know it's like a small college in Kansas they have a football team they I probably but yeah well they definitely do because we were going to football games to play but that song Welcome to the Jungle is like their theme song or something I don't know if they have it licensed officially or if it's just something they play in the stadium like 10 times probably that but every time I hear that song, I remember sitting on the sidelines and it's a billion degrees outside and I don't want to be outside anymore. And I don't want the bugs to be on me anymore. And I don't want the music to be playing anymore. Okay, so you can probably agree with this one. Every time that you hear Eye of the Tiger, you're in a pep rally in school. Yeah. I think I think that's universal for kids in America around our age. 
Is it really? I would imagine so. Or the cha-cha slide at dances. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I forgot all about that. They always played those at any any type of prom, formal, homecoming, whatever. If it was a dance, there were at least one or two instances of the cha-cha slide. Absolutely. So, my, but my next one is, have you, you know Gangster's Paradise? Living in a gangster's paradise. All right, all right, yeah. No, yeah. I don't know the song. You're not familiar? No, nah, because we've been spending... Yeah, I got you. Um, so, you know Weird Al. You familiar with Weird Al? Okay, I know where this is going. So, there's a song by Weird Al called Amish Paradise, and it's a parody of Gangster's Paradise. And the first time I heard that song, I was probably five or six. And um, it was one of my first times visiting my dad after he got out of prison. And he had like a mix CD or something. And it was one of the songs on there, and me and my sister fucking loved it. We both lost our minds, and we had him replay it over and over and over again. It's a good song. Right. Like, it's a it's a really good song. For anybody that is listening to this and does not know that song, Gangster's Paradise. Look it up. Don't it's, talk. Just listen. Yeah, it's solid. So is Amish Paradise. But, so what had happened was, is we went home, me and my sister, like our visitation was over. The next time my dad came to visit us, he had burnt us both a CD, and the CD had 14 tracks on it, and it was Amish Paradise 14 times, so that we could just listen to it over and over again, because that's what we were into. Amish Paradise <laughs> 14 times. Uh, it was beautiful, stupid, and hilarious. Much like every Weird Al song? Yeah. So when I got into... So my first introduction to death metal, because I had started to kind of venture into that, my mom had this guy that worked with her, and he was a bass player in a death metal band, so he was real big into it. And I remember that he was the one who introduced me to Cannibal Corpse, because the the first time I had technically heard them was, I was sitting in my room when Pandora was a big thing, and Hammer Smashed Face from the uh, Tomb of the Mutilated came on. And I remember being like, oh, this was really cool, and telling him about it. And he goes, really now? And then introduced me to Evisceration Plague and Kill, which I think Kill is the superior album out of the two. But when I listen to those, it takes me back to being in eighth grade, sitting in the back of the bus on like a really cold winter's morning, and just blasting that with my headphones in playing on my ipod touch that i had like the very first generation ones and just sitting there and playing the whole album on repeat going yeah i'm fucking angry (laughs) uh speaking of cool winter mornings when i was uh, this is another army story you have a lot of those yeah i got really into a brand new again specifically deja and tondu which I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, but sue me. If you have a problem with my pronunciation, leave us a comment. That's the album with the astronaut on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I call it. I'm like, hey, you know that album that they have with the astronaut on it that starts with a D? Yeah, exactly. Um, I used to listen to that album a lot, though, and when I was in the Army and I got to my first unit, I was a little overweight and I was really slow on my runs compared to where I felt like I should be. And on mornings where I didn't work or anything or like Saturdays or whatever, 
I would get up at the break of dawn, early as fuck, put on all my PT stuff, and then go for a run playing that. And it was like, it was really powerful. And now anytime that like I hear that, I get like a little chill to me and I'm like, man, I should go for a run right now. Even if it's like 100 degrees out and I haven't ran in six years. Really? <laughs> yeah. Every time I listen to The Pot by Tool, because that was my introduction song to them. Okay, so technically that's not 100% true because my actual first introduction to them was, uh, what was that, Guitar Hero World Tour, where they had uh, Vicarious Schism and whatever the other one was. That was technically my introduction, but I didn't really care. I just remember them being very, very, very long songs that when you're playing on Expert was horrible. So my actual first memory of that was going and is standing in line for Branson. We had went on a field trip. It was, I want to say Wildfire was a ride that we were at. And I remember being shown the music video to this, like a fan had made because there wasn't actually a music video to the pot and being like, oh, this is really, really, really good. And then going back and years later playing World Tour and I'm like, holy shit. I didn't realize that was Tool. I fucking hate playing these songs. <laughs> That's funny. What other ones you got? So. Or if you want me to continue, I can continue talking about myself all day. I might be a tad bit narcissistic. I mean, if you want to do another, you can. Oh, no, go ahead. Um, I like how you had that pause. Yeah, it's because I totally forgot where I was going. That's okay. Like, I had a song. Oh, okay. You mentioned Tool. Yeah. So, do you remember Perfect Circle? That was going to be my next one, but yeah, go ahead. So, they have the song uh, Counting Bodies Like Sheep to the Rhythm of a War Drum. I don't know if that's what it's called. It is, but it's the it's remix. Sleep. Well, te- no, technically or Lullaby. Yes, Pet is the remix of that because that album came out first. Because it's Pet and Lullaby. Yeah. Yeah. So, that version of it, I had on my like iPod Mini or something when I was working at a local restaurant called Thomas's and I was the cook and the bus boy and the dishwasher. And anytime I hear that song, all I can remember or all I think about is standing in the kitchen of Thomas's like flipping burgers and breading uh, onion rings and stuff. And it's just really weird because like I had other songs on my iPod during that time for sure. That's the only song I remember, and I just listened to it over and over and over again. And I just, every time I hear it, I'm just like, fuck yeah, I'm going to make some onion rings. It's a good song. Yeah, no, I love it. I got introduced to them. My memory of them is being introduced to Imagine, which I had no idea. I'll tell you a story on that one in a minute. Imagine, Judith, and Passive. Passive is amazing. Very, very great song. But those were the three songs that, I was introduced to. So when I think of the perfect circle, or if I listen to one of those three songs, I am sitting outside waiting for the doors to open because I got to the school, the junior high too early and they locked the doors. It's cold outside. I remember it being cold. Most of my stories are cold, I guess. But I remember sitting there and it's talking about tool to somebody and them going, Oh, well, have you heard of a perfect circle? Cause same lead singer, and then being like, just listen to these three songs, that's it, and going, wow, okay, life has changed. But my story on the Imagine one was I didn't realize that was a John Lennon cover because I'm not a Beatles fan, and I will 
I will go on record and say that I don't like the Beatles. The Who is better. I mean, The Who is better, but that's an unpopular opinion. Very unpopular opinion. Uh, the Who versus The Beatles. The Who wins every time. And my all my memories with The Who are the opening to CSI, like sitting in my living room <laughs> watching the opening to CSI with my family. But that's not the point. I remember going up to my mom and being like, oh, yeah, there's this really cool song by Perfect Circle called Imagine, and her going, the John Lennon song, and just destroying my world. When I looked it up after, because I had to look it up afterwards, but I was so excited. I had heard about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's so good. And I was really excited to tell my mom about it because I had just been introduced to it. And she's like, yeah, it's a John Lennon song. So Maybe that's why I hate the Beatles. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because you felt embarrassed by them when you were younger. So uh, I could be wrong on this. Did A Perfect Circle cover a song that's something like People Are People? Yes. I don't remember the name of that song, but that also wasn't originally by Perfect Circle. So that whole album, there are only two songs that are original, and I think it's Counting Bodies and Passive. I think are the only two songs off that whole album that are not remakes. Interesting. That's a banger album. It is, yeah. So the next story I've got is a little sad. It's a sadder one. It's a little sad. Ooh, I don't know if I have any sad ones, but okay. So, have you ever heard of uh, Placebo, the band? No, but I know about the Placebo effect. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Placebo is a band from, I think, the UK. I could be totally wrong about that, but they have a song called Every You and Every Me. Or, I mean, that that is one of their songs. That's not the song I want to talk about. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm stupid. So, it's okay. That's always funny. That's the song. It's not a song I want to talk about, but that that is a song. Well, it's their most popular song. Okay. Um. Continue. So, have you heard the song "A Friend in Needs"? A friend indeed, but a friend with leathers better. Uh, no, but I've heard that Rihanna BDSM song. Oh my! <laughs> it's not like that. But um, so this song was in a movie called The Chum Scrubber. Which have you heard of that? I have not. I've heard of the Chum Bucket. The Chum Scrubber is an amazing movie, but it's about a teenage kid who commits suicide, and then his brother gets kidnapped, and his best friend is trying to figure out why he killed himself, and there's drugs involved, and it's a really solid movie. But in that movie, the title track of it is uh, A Friend in Need by Placebo. Okay. And I watched that movie shortly after me and the longest uh, relationship I've ever had ended for the first time and that song came on and that song like heavy stuck with me really so now anytime i hear that song i'm just laying in bed and this super long relationship has ended and i'm like unbearably depressed because of it and i don't know what i'm gonna do with my life and this song's just repeating and repeating and repeating so now every time i hear it i get like mildly sad i'm just like oh fuck everything's horrible and that was like 10 years ago 11 years ago i don't know if i have like a sad song <laughs> well it's not a sad song it's a solid song well it's, no no like a sad memory yeah sad association every time i listen to she wants revenge i think of when we used to listen to it in high school like yeah. when you introduced it to me in high school that's the memory that plays that's fair she wants revenge uh also came into my life during that same time yeah, because you were very, very heavy into She Wants Revenge. I don't think you're as heavy into them now. 
Uh, or you might be, but you just don't. When when I'm in the car with you, rap music is usually what plays. Yeah, I mean, the, so the reason that rap music plays a lot now is because uh, there are a few different artists I listen to right now a lot, and they are generally very self-confident and not necessarily motivational, but they talk about how great they are. And I've noticed that if I listen to people talking about how great they are in song form that I also know, if I sing along, I can pretend that I too am great. So that's why I listen to like a lot of rap now. It's very specific curated songs to make me feel like I'm not a piece of shit wasting my life. Okay. That is, um, we're getting personal on this episode, Taylor. We set it off the top. We were, I didn't realize we were going to go that personal. I'm just being real with our audience. So, to I guess, I, I guess I'm just going to keep like you know piggybacking off of what you said. There is a song that I really, really enjoy, and it goes back to Eminem. I'm trying to think of it, it's off of. Uh, I think it's without me. The this looks like a job for me. Yeah. Yeah. So two trailer um, park girls go round, round me outside, outside, round me outside, round me outside. Or is it just lose it? Those no, are two, those different, two different songs. songs. No, I'm pretty sure it's without me. Without me is the one that features Obi Trice. Yeah, that's it. So that song, for some weird reason, and I don't know why. When I got laid for the first time in college, I played that song the next morning. So every time I hear that song, it's like my go-to pump-up song. Because I'm like, oh yeah, I got laid in college for the first time in my dorm. And then for fucking re- some reason, played that. That's funny. So this is a little pers- more personal than I intended to get. You mentioned She Wants Revenge earlier. Yes. That was my uh, fuck music in high school. Like, if I was per- planning on performing the booty bump with one of my lady friends who was over, I'd turn on, like, the She Wants Revenge album and, like, whisper it in their ear and be all sensual and then perform the booty bump to it. It was, like, a 45-minute long album, and that was about as long as it took for me to, like, invoke my game plan. <laughs> so, fun fact, my go-to album in high school to do anything sexual was Blink 182's Enema of the State album. That's a banger too. Yeah, I don't know why. It's one it's one of my favorite albums of all time. When I rank them, I definitely, definitely put that in the top ten. And every time I hear that it also takes me back to high school for obvious reasons. But yeah, that was my uh that was my go to. Just that and Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon. I fucking hate that song. I do too, but you know, it's it's good to get in the mood. Maybe. I don't know. I was a teenager, so. Okay, okay, okay. So I know we're nearing the end here, but you brought up Sex on Fire. The reason I hate that song is because there are very few songs my dad has ever sang along to in a way that I could hear him sing along. When I was like 13 or 14 or 15 and that song was playing on the edge all the time, my dad would sing along, driving me home from school, and I'm just like, man, my dad has an STD. His cock's on fire. Why is he singing along to this fucking song? God damn it. That's good. When I when I hear that, it takes me back to the first time I ever heard it. And I actually, I believe it was 
back when MTV actually had music videos, the first time I ever heard that song was because it popped up as a music video on MTV. So I've seen, so my first actual introduction to it was with that, but then it started playing on The Edge a lot. And that's why I know it, but I still like that song. I wish my dad had never sang along to that song. Well, and it's funny. <laughs> I wish he, I'm glad he did because that makes for a really, really, really funny segment. But it's also funny because now I don't, I don't listen to a lot of classic rock. I used to, obviously, because that's what my dad was into. So, you know, Def Leppard, uh, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, all that stuff. Used to be very heavy into them, but then as I got older, which I think is interesting because I feel like at some point you have your own musical awakening. This is a little off subject, but not really because it kind of goes together. But you have your own musical awakening where you where you stop listening to the same music that your parents listen to. And you just get into it and you're like, oh, okay, because my parents don't like death metal at all. But I love it. So what was your, like, genre? What What is your genre of choice that your parents didn't influence that you found out on your own? Um, Probably, like, Dark Wave and stuff, like Q1's Revenge or Placebo, stuff like that. Okay. Which placebo is not really dark wave. It's more like poppy punk or poppy like emo core or something. Emo pop. Yeah, emo pop maybe. I guess it's not popular and that's what pop means, but it's got like a poppy sound. Emo punk? Is it like My Chemical Romance? It's it's not as like, I don't want to use the word emo because I know that's not the right word, but it's less, it's more like sceney than my chemical romance and less emo if that makes sense which i want to okay. count them seeing they they're from the 90s bro they're from the 90s it was different like they're not grunge it was but a they're like different time back in the 90s they're just like they're like post grunge pre emo but still in that same vein it's music like that is what i would say is the genre that i found that my parents don't like because my mom just listens to country and gospel and my dad just listens to Nine Inch Nails and whatever's on the radio. Okay, that's fair. And then sex music. He listens to a lot of, like, Lords of Acid and stuff. I Okay. Do you know Lords of Acid? No, but I don't know how that would be, like, sex music. They did the uh, Mortal Kombat theme song. Their most popular song is a song about wanting to sit on your face, and it's, like, a six-minute song. They've got a song about eating pussy. I thought that was Steel Panther. I mean, they might have the same thing. But Lords of Acid is a band that makes sex music. I really like them. They're cool as fuck. But that's the kind of stuff my dad was into, that and like Nine Inch Nails. Which also debatably could make sex music. It was one of my, uh, Pretty Hate Machine was one of my sex albums. Okay, so my, my sad one is being really depressed as a teenager and listening to The Downward Spiral. I fucking love The Downward Spiral. Probably should never listen to that album when you're depressed. I when I was in Afghanistan, that was I played that album on repeat. Yeah, every time I listen to that album specifically, like I'll never skip songs because a lot of people will just play closer, which is like the fifth song I think on the album. But it tells a story, so you have to listen to the entire thing from beginning to end. And I remember listening to that and being even more depressed. That definitely makes sense. Because it's very, if you haven't listened to that album, it's extremely depressing. And it's basically about a guy trying to find happiness, can't find happiness. So then he ends his own life and then regrets it. Which also, for those of you that don't know, 
the Johnny Cash song Hurt is a remake of the very end track of this one. And if you argue with me, Johnny Cash did it in 2002, Nine Inch Nails did it in 1994. Don't worry. I argued with the person the first time they told me that too. I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, it happens. So um, speaking of the downward spiral, also off subject, but not. So Big Man with a Gun is a song on that album. Yes. And that song was used by, I don't know if it was religious figures or political figures. I don't know who. Or both. Yeah, it could have been, it very well could have been both. But one of the major groups that controlled the media was using that song as a way to combat rap, saying that violent songs like this, calling it a rap song, is is dangerous to youth and Trent Reznor was like it's not even rap bro he's like this isn't even rap this is something totally different but uh, the becoming on that song is or on that album is probably like my favorite honestly I don't know what my favorite song on that album would be because the whole thing just really blows well together so the whole i mean i'll just say the whole album is my favorite because it's really really good but it's all one song it's one story yeah um do you have anything else for this episode one more i got one more hit me with it hollywood undead (sighs) i remember their swan song album being this I would say holy grail type thing because my dad would play it in his, because I remember my earliest memory of that is my dad playing it in his office at work. My mom not wanting me to hear about it at all. Him burning a copy for my aunt. And that was the only time I thought my mom was actually going to end my life because I had bought the clean version three times accidentally on iTunes and then bought the explicit version because I could only have the clean edited version of it. So when I actually got the explicit one, it was fun. I did that in Padre, but the actual story that I wanted to talk about was every time I hear everywhere I go, all I can think of is walking up and down the beach on Padre, shouting that at like the top of my lungs with my buddy. It's all I can think of as a kid. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I still really like that album. I don't like Hollywood Undead. I will go on record and say that whatever they have are now is not good. And I haven't liked them since their second album. But I will still go back to this day and listen to the entirety of the Swan Songs album. And everywhere I go, pops up third song, third track on there, and I fucking lose it. I like the song Bullet by Hollywood Undead. Okay. (laughs) It's not on that album, but okay. No, I'm not familiar with the album. One time I was at a festival that had rock music. And Hollywood Undead was playing, so I left the festival to go to the campgrounds to avoid hearing them and was upset when I was at my campgrounds because I could still hear their set. That's fucking funny. And that's the way things go. And that's a little look into our personal lives and our music tastes. If you have a specific song, album, artist, or whatever that you relate a memory to, feel free to reach out and let us know because we would love to hear it. Absolutely. And if we get enough submissions and we get permission from whoever submits it, we might even read some on the next podcast. 
or we could if we get enough submissions where there's like a ton of them we'll do a whole episode dedicated to just that yeah to the listener to listeners oh we could do a listener episode that would be cool so yeah hit us up with your with your music memories if you've got any that you want to share good bad whatever doesn't matter as long as it's a memory and you want to talk about it that's what we care about yeah but anyway this has been two idiots one podcast i'm bailey And I'm Taylor. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.